Hit it, Bobby. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRER. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Gehring. How do you say your last name again? It's Gehring. I keep hearing people say Goring. What's up with that? <laughs> See, here's the thing, is that I don't actually care how people pronounce my last name. It doesn't necessarily bother me. But if you really want to know, it's Gehring. Kind of like overbearing or something. I don't know. I there's there's had to have been a better a better rhyming word than overbearing, right? Is, so, is, is no, there another way you could think of it? It's really funny that you say that because I, we just came back from the Missouri State meetings and I had to introduce someone at our Emerging Issues um, Forum and I saw her last name and I was like, okay, before we go on stage, I need to know because it's pretty obvious just looking last name. How do we say your last name? She says, well, what do you think? You know, with the pronunciation. I was like, well, it looks like it's Han Cover. She's like, or Han Cover. Sorry, it's Han Cover is what it looks like, C-O-V-E-R. She's mm-hmm. like, no, it's Han Cover. Think of it like I honk over here, I honk over there. And I was like, oh, God, now I'm oh, going to get wow. up and talking about That's your, your honking everywhere. That's good. I know. So you can work on your garing bearing so, there a little bit. Uh, just to kind of help people with the pronunciation, uh-huh. one time, I was it was very early on in my real estate career. Right. I came up with this brilliant marketing idea, okay? Okay. All right, it was really good. I'm ready. It was the... Alex Gehring real estate guarantee. And I'm trying okay, not to laugh. she choked she Bobby just choked a little bit. Um and Chad Chadwick, who was the agent advisor in our right. office, um, managed to talk me out of that, telling me that it was a really bad idea. And I, I had like all these hashtags figured out on right. it and everything. And then um, the hashtag that uh, he came up with, which I don't think I can actually say on this podcast, um, so I'll do an edited version of it, <laughs> was trying too freaking hard, hashtag trying too freaking hard to sell houses. And so, yeah, so I decided I like that Chad. I like Chad. I like Chad. Too. Chad's, was Chad's great. So I decided not to go with the Gehring T. It's no, it's no longer a thing. Uh, I like it. Um, well, yeah. you know, like me. So whenever I, <laughs> I grew up in real estate, but I had a different name, you know, my, my mother's last name or my dad's last name, but you know, it was a name my mom used in real estate growing up. And then whenever I got married and went out on my own and I had a whole different name. Mm-hmm. Well, if you take how, and it's all in capital letters and you turn and it you upside down, oh, yeah. it becomes home. It does. But it I need be like a builder because how homes really true. only works for your builder you know thomas how does that thomas how oh, does Lawrence, he? he that's his, his logo it's how uh-huh. and then it's on a little reflection and it's right. home yeah we dealt yeah. with logos for like six months and i thought they were all hideous and horrible and like chad i was like i need to walk away from this i'm yeah. trying to yes. freaking hard that's right at this point and at that point you're you're taking up too much time from right from business generating Yep, activity. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Just go sell some freaking real estate. That's right. Really? Exactly. We're going to cuss on this episode. I got to We're not. We're not going to. We're not going to. <gasps> we're we're going to we're going to keep it all under control. Under control. Oh, what are we talking about today? So we're going to talk about some stress. Stress. I you know, this job we have and we'll talk a little bit with Rebecca that's coming in here later. We'll talk with her and I'll share some of my stories then cuz I don't want to have to share the story twice on this podcast Uh, but you know we deal with so many things in this business that are completely out of our control I have a property up in St. Joe that's Mm -hmm. closing next week buyers you know went through did their inspections they've asked for some reasonable things to to be done you know we got it all together we agreed to it but now I'm at the mercy to get these contractors in there to to make the repairs, and they don't really care the timeline. They don't understand that a deal is it's being always more held difficult up. As soon as you've got other, yeah, it's it's difficult. And one of the repairs that's getting done is we're doing some grading in the yard, mm-hmm. and that's going to tear up the irrigation system. So 
it's two repairs in one, really. Um, and so it's just a matter of I've got to get you here, but you don't really care when you show up. And if it's by May 10th, it's by May 10th. If it's not till July 17th, <laughs> and it's really frustrating, these things in our business that are so outside of our control. You're yeah, totally we got to right. keep it all together. We got to be calm well, on the surface and swimming underneath. And not only that, and this is this uh, what, what I've experienced recently, sometimes we can get so bent out of shape about a certain transaction mm -hmm. or a task on a transaction that it actually ends up messing with our business as a whole. Yes. And not just our business, but our uh, our prospecting, everything about our business and right. our just mm -hmm. general mental state. Yeah. It, it really can cause some, some serious issues. Um, you can get uh, so focused on one task or one transaction yep. that it can throw you off for a couple of months. And I, I, I had that happen just recently. Yeah, you can um, just go down a rabbit trail with it. You really can, yeah. and, and that is that is that's one of those things that it's a that's a hard lesson to learn the, right. the hard way. You yeah. Know? Um, so anyway. Well, speaking of that, this actually is a perfect segue. We didn't even plan it that way. So good job with that. I mean, we totally planned it that way. Everyone, I totally always planned it. Alex is like, like, I'm crazy. It's fine. Am I supposed to do the doo doo doos now? You are. <gasps> I, have, I have a book bit to talk about this exact thing. A book bit? A book bit. Do, 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 do Bobby's book bit. Casey, wow. Oh. It, was a little, it was a little weak today. It's fine. It was, I have not had enough caffeine it was a yet. Sultry today. cat. It was. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, my book bit for today is a book you've probably heard of. However, most people, well, you've at least heard the phrase that's used in the title. Um, but I don't think it's a book that everyone's read, so that's why we're going to talk about it. It's actually been a, a, a day or two since I've read it. I probably ought to go back and read it again. But it's Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Everything is Small Stuff by Dr. Richard Carlson. Hmm. Have you heard this heard book? It. Mm -hmm. oh, it's a great book. It was uh, put out in 1997. I think I got it in 1998 and read it for the first time, and I come back to every few years. Um, but what he talks about in it, it's ways to make your actions more peaceful and caring and make your life calm and stress-free because truly – almost everything that we consider a stressor in our life really is small stuff. It's usually not life and death stuff, and yet we like to believe that it's life and death stuff. There's a quote out of the book, stress is nothing more than a socially acceptable form of mental illness. And it's kind of the wow. things that we kind of all come to acceptance of. We all have stress. And some people actually take pride, I believe, in the amount of, look at all I can carry on my back. And it's like, you shouldn't. So I have really three takeaways from the book. And the first one is to remember that life isn't an emergency. And yet, especially in real estate, you know, I, I do keynotes and I'll talk about it here um, in the second half of the podcast. Um, I give a keynote on lessons from the other side and that too often we believe that a real estate transaction is life or death. It's an emergent situation. Right. And there's very little things that go on in real estate that are truly life or death, that are truly emergency, yet we can blow some minor stuff up to be this huge, huge emergency that we do. The second point is, Give others a break, especially when they don't deserve it. Um, and it's putting yourself in their shoes. If they're being a complete jerk to you, what else is going on in their life that maybe we're not cognizant of? Right. But too often, we just take all of this energy to fight back. And as a parent, it's become my thing. That then I use this for other parts of my life, but I, I truly started learning it as a parent, was pick my battles. What's the thing I really – is this truly worth picking a big fight about or should I just give someone a break and just move on with my life and just be the bigger and better person? And sometimes that's the harder thing mm -hmm. to do. And my third takeaway from the book is don't procrastinate on relaxing. So often we say, oh, I'll take tomorrow off. I'll take next week off. Oh, I'll go um, – I'll do a play next fall, not this fall. You don't take time for yourself. And I think we truly have to stop putting off doing things for ourselves 
and that will help bring down those stress levels a little bit. So that's and ultimately that's probably make our clients feel more comfortable through a transaction too. Yeah, I I, yeah. I truly believe um, through my last four years um, running a very large office. One of the things that I think I learned from that process was that, you know, there's so much stress sometimes that goes back and forth in transaction and we so easy to blame the buyers and the sellers mm -hmm. and there's the, the crazy way they're behaving. I truly believe a lot of that stress comes from the other agent and the way that they portray things to their clients right. and then things get completely blown out of proportion. We're I think so reliant in our industry on, on the other side and the other yeah. agent to communicate effectively. Right. And you, that's one of those things you have no control over. Yeah, and I, no I think it. it's truly a lot of times the other agent blowing things out of proportion just because they can mm -hmm. that then blows things up that didn't need to be stressful, that if we would just all work as professionals on the above the water we would be much much better i so. think that there's an element of it that w where an agent can get in their head thinking that if i blow this out of proportion as though the other side is being ridiculous then it makes me look good it's a defense mechanism right. of some sort like this isn't my fault right it's these crazy people that are on the other side that and I my can't clients control. gonna think i'm a hero exactly yeah and, and, and they don't no they no. don't all they remember is yep. all of that stress That's and right. all of that that went through that and why do i need a realtor if they're just going to bring stress into the situation i can go do a fisbo with someone and i have to deal with these two sure. third parties that exactly. are just going to add drama to a situation that doesn't need to have it right no We've got too far away from creating a win-win situation to creating a lose-lose. Yeah. And why? how can we get back towards that? So, All right, so who are we bringing in to talk with us today? Today, we're going to be bringing in Rebecca Verdi. Okay, and I believe that Rebecca is a therapist. Yeah. And we're going to bring her in to talk to us because May is Mental Health Month. Very so timely. Very, very timely. And she's going to talk to us about some ways that we can relieve some of the stress we got going on in our lives and not take things so seriously. And which clearly we need. Obviously. You and I personally, we're going to get some <laughs> sessions with Rebecca after this is over with. Yeah! <laughs> Let's do it. Let's bring her in. Let's bring her in. Hey, Alex. Hey, Bobby. Do you know why I love KCRER as much as I do? Why? It's because we are just completely customer-oriented association. Did, did you see what just happened just a little bit ago? Mm, remind me. Okay, so, so we were between sessions, and Kip Cooper comes walking by, and I'm like, Hey, Kip, you got any cake? And he's like, hang on. And he comes back and he brings me this amazing cupcake with a big gumball on top. Kip, I, you're kind of in trouble with me right now. Right, because you didn't get a cupcake, but you didn't ask for a cupcake. I'm I did. I should for cake. Ask cupcake. and you shall receive. Exactly. So, you know, we just have an amazing association that supports us in everything that we do. Well, if we want to keep that kind of... Uh... <laughs> up right I, I mean i feel like we need to make sure that we show our association that we support them yes just I, like they support us one a little bit ago the the professional development committee had asked about a podcast and uh and lo and behold kcrar has delivered um and so if you appreciate the podcast and, and you feel like you're getting a lot of value out of it please hit subscribe be sure to leave us a five-star review. If and you like us. If you like us. If you don't like us, don't do anything. Just don't listen then. Right. Right? You can always choose not to listen. <laughs> and then we're going to need you to um, follow us on SoundCloud. That would be really awesome if you could do that. And then tell all your friends on your Facebook, your chaps of Snap, your installators, all of those. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go tell everybody all about listening to us and how amazing we are. But if you hate us, again, just pretend like this didn't even happen. <laughs> right? Sounds great. Subscribe. Now.
All right. So we're back with Rebecca. Welcome. Thank you so much for spending your time here. Tell us just a little bit about you, your practice, uh, where you come from, why you're doing this. Sure, definitely. My name is Rebecca Verdi. I'm a licensed professional counselor and life coach. Um, I have a private practice in Corporate Woods with some other practitioners there. And I work with adult adults who you know, have lead stressful lives, mm-hmm. um, maybe questioning their career, kind of finding their purpose in life. So kind of a big genre of things. Oh, I love that. Life coach. Alex, mm-hmm. I think we need to sign up right now. I need I a know, life coach. We all need, I, I truly believe that we all need coaches, and I think we all need, especially need a, I need, need a business coach and a life coach. I, I truly agree. do believe that. Especially in our industry as a right. whole. I mean, we, we have to go through, uh, Rebecca, we have to go through so many stressful elements uh, between living, sometimes people are living paycheck to paycheck in this profession. Sometimes we finally get a deal put together, and then it starts falling apart. And then there are all of these little bitty pieces of a transaction that we have to make sure are just right. And sometimes it's still not enough to satisfy people. And then there are other times where it's wonderful. So we go through these like huge swings uh, constantly. And, and it's just, uh, I think that what we're about ready to talk about today is going to be really helpful for our audience. Yeah, I, I truly do believe that too. You know, And one of the things, somebody once said this at one of the conferences I was at, and that's realtors wake up every day unemployed. Mm-hmm. And it's the work that you have to do that day that will guarantee your future employment. And there yeah. are just so many things in this industry that are 100% outside our control, and yet we somehow have to wrap our hands around them and have control over them. So, um, Rebecca, you said you're a life coach. You work with people trying to figure out their careers. Have you really worked much with realtors before? Well, not in therapy or okay. in life coaching, <laughs> but you know, I have bought a house. Uh, I have a cousin who's a realtor. Okay. I always say in a second life I was a realtor because I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with the housing market. Um, yeah, I can't imagine how stressful that is for you. Every day you have to go out there and, and be 120%, mm-hmm. and it can be overwhelming, I'm sure. Um, one of the things I always tell my clients in the first session, I'm going to ask this over and over and over again, what can you control? Because that's the mindset you have to have. Mm-hmm. And like you just mentioned, you don't have control over much. Right. The only thing you can control is you and how you react to things. Yeah. That's it. So it's, it's interesting that you bring that up is um, Alex and I were just talking um, either during the break or before we bought It's all <laughs> a blur to me at this point. I literally don't even remember at this point. Um, however, you know, I think a lot of the things that happen in this industry is how we react to it and how we pass that energy on to our clients and then get them either completely riled up and get them completely out of control, or we're the consummate professional and we bring them back down and act, you know, and then act with a straight head, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the book bit, one of my takeaways was give someone else a break, especially if they don't deserve it. Yeah. And it's that taking that break a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the reasons why this topic is um, extremely important to me. Um, is that as you guys have heard me talk in the past, I'm a second generation realtor. Uh, My mom was a top producer for over 15 years in the St. Joseph market. And six years ago, my mom, um, it's actually just a little bit over six years ago, my mom took her life. Um, And it's really, really important to me that this is a topic that we talk about. Um, it's not something I'm ashamed or embarrassed about. And sometimes people like, you know, they, they, they get very uncomfortable talking about it. I've actually developed a keynote called Lessons from the Other Side. Um, protecting yourself and your mindset. And I've traveled all around the country teaching it. I'm actually in Chicago next week um, doing this keynote for the Chicago Association of Realtors. And I'm just, I'm really excited to do it because I feel like I have a duty and an obligation. This, this industry will eat you up and spit you out if you let it. 
but you don't have to let it. You know, mm -hmm. I, in my keynote, it's, it's 15 points of, you know, such things as creating a time block for those who matter the most for you. Um, understanding things such as work-life balance is a misnomer. There's times in your life that are going to be very work-heavy and they're going to suck. And there's going to be times you have to create in your life that are life-heavy. And it's when we don't take that time to create that lifetime for ourselves mm -hmm. and for our family and those who matter most that that's an issue. And then there's having a village. You know, they always say it takes a village to raise a child. I think it takes a village to raise a human being. And I think you need to have two villages. It's your village and who's a part of your village and whose village you're a part of because that helps protect that life that's worth living. So, um, Rebecca, um, what do you think is a good way for people to help that are just completely consumed by stress? What are some of the best ways for them to manage that stress? Well, first off, I want to say I think it's wonderful you're doing that keynote speech. Um, I think a lot of us day to day are are have been touched by suicide in some way and mental health is still a huge stigma um it's getting better yeah. thank you millennials i'm a millennial I'll, right. de <laughs> I'll defend us to the death um but it's really important um to keep talking about it and keep stressing that we all are affected by it yeah um so with stress it's interesting like i said earlier it's a lot of a mindset change with what can you control because you figure out you there's so much you can't control and if you change that mindset to only focus on what you can, you're gonna realize you're spending a lot of energy and anxiety and all that horrible stuff on things that it's not even gonna really affect you in the end, right? right? So you really have to change that mindset. But first I kinda wanna go take a step back and let's think about the brain for a second and how it works. So stress happens when something happens in the environment that makes us feel unsafe. Okay, so in our brain stem, the lower part of our brain, we have what is called the fight or flight response. So something unsafe happens in the environment and our brain automatically triggers that fight or flight response. And so our body is going to release adrenaline, cortisol, all those other ones that I can't name right now, of course. And our muscles are gonna get tense, our heart rate starts going, our thoughts starts racing. And if we change our mindset a little bit in that process to tell ourselves this is a natural way our body's reacting to something happening in the environment, it changes things. Yeah. It says, okay, this is natural. I'm going to work through it. But when we're in crisis and we're having all those stressful moments and clients are yelling at us and we're trying to get everything done and family's kind of overloading us, it's hard to think about that, right? So what we want to do is kind of introduce or interrupt that system that happens and what we do that through is a lot of things like called mindfulness mm -hmm. we want to make sure the body slows down and it does that through the parasympath parasympathetic system i don't know if you guys have heard of that yeah i have you have yeah, great uh -huh. yeah i'm sure you yeah. have with your research uh -huh. so it's this nerve that kind of goes all around our back and actually attaches to one of our eyes not to creep you out or anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you all this because i really think it's important to learn the science behind it um, and so what happens, we want to massage that nerve because that nerve will automatically get our heart rate resting, going down, and it helps us to relax. So when we're in that kind of panic mode with all that stress, 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 we need to interrupt with some kind of relaxation technique. So something like deep belly breathing, mm -hmm. what's happening with that is that our organs are pressing that nerve, and oh. it's massaging it for us, yeah. So take 
10 deep belly breaths and you'll find yourself at a notch 10 going down to maybe a notch six. It doesn't fix everything, but it helps you get to a place where you can think rationally. That's one of those things that like my parents always told me when I was right. growing up and like I'd yeah. I'd pretend and I'd know? be like, hey, what are you talking about? It right. seems like, but there's science to it. No, and I, and I wow. Like simple science, you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and I love the way that you describe yeah. stress as when you feel unsafe. And I never thought about it in that way before, but it is truly... One of my husband's favorite quotes, and it drives me crazy when he says it but in this instance, it'll work out good. Worry is interest paid on a debt that may never become due. So mm. how often do we get tied up about worry and stress on something that may never actually happen, but something has happened to create something where we feel unsafe? And yeah. so we go into that. And so the belly breathing, you know. It's, you know Can you repeat that again? Worry is interest paid on Worry what? is interest paid on a debt that may never become due. That credit card bill may never come in the mail. It might just be going paying interest for no reason. Your interest-only loan. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the mind is such a powerful thing. I shared on an earlier podcast um, back in January after I ran my marathon, um, Healing Back Pain by Dr. Sarno, and how I had, my back was completely out. I was getting ready to go run a marathon, and on the plane I read like half the book because I was just completely – you know, desperate to fix it. And a whole bunch of people said, oh, we read the book and our back was fixed. I hobbled onto the plane. I read half the book. I stood up off the plane to get off and my back hadn't hurt since. But I realized I had been holding a lot of stress and a lot of undecided dis decisions inside my body that was then now affecting me being able to stand up straight. And I don't think we always understand how powerful our mind truly is. It is so powerful. One of the many reasons why I decided to become a therapist was someone told me, or I read somewhere, that the brain is the only thing in the world that has named itself. Oh. I met her right wow, there, right? That's, yes. Wow, that's yes. I know. <laughs> oh, it's like, Heavy. I want to study that today? more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, one of the things that uh, that I feel like I, I am slightly guilty of, or, or that I struggle with, I don't know if I should say I'm guilty of it or not, is that with this profession and with some of the other things that I do, I expend so much emotional energy during the day that when I come home to my wife and my daughter, I feel like I'm emotionally spent. Uh, we have a one-year-old mm -hmm. baby girl at home, and I mean, it requires like, you know, life and and for me to be helpful and energy. and energy and a ton of energy and you know it's uh I, I don't always feel like I have reserved enough by the time I, I get home at six o'clock or whatever and, and I feel kind of spent and I know that that's not exclusive to um to our industry but what are some things that you can maybe say about uh I, I know that we say that work-life balance is a bit of a misnomer but how can we try to um, improve that. You need a lesson in self-care. Okay. Have you heard of self-care recently? Yes. It's been everywhere, right? Everywhere, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I get really upset with the bloggers out there because of it, because they're like, oh, go get a piece of chocolate cake, go get that massage, go on that luxury vacation. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Do it. All of it. But recognize that's treating yourself. That is not self-care. Right. Okay. Self-care... There's a quote that I like to use with self-care. You can't serve from an empty vessel. Oh. Okay? So what we want to do is want to make sure that vessel, we're going to fill it with water or wine or whatever you want to put mm -hmm. in it. And wine. We want to make sure. <laughs> wine. Definitely. We want to make sure it is overflowing. Because your goal, like most people's goals in life, is to help people to the best of your ability, your wife, your kid, right? And how can you do that if you fill your vessel up each day and you pour it all out 
to your clients and everything and have nothing to give to your mm-hmm. wife and kids, right? You have to make sure you're overflowing to be able to help people to the best of their abilities. So with self-care, yes, go get that chocolate cake. Yes, get, go get that massage. But self-care is something much deeper. It's about your relationship with yourself, so recognizing your worth and recognizing what's important to you, so figuring out your priorities and values. And then, you know, protecting those and protecting those by setting boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Um, protecting those by making sure you take time for yourself to have mindfulness practice and centering yourself. Those are all part of daily things that are small, but once you become habits, really help in that self-care department. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of things like just eating right, right? Yeah. Making sure yeah. you get enough sleep. We all forget those like lower hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. that we really need to make sure that vessel is overflowing. I, th- th- oh, go ahead. No, no. It, one of the points of my, my keynote is your health is your most valuable asset. If you don't have your health, none of the rest of any of this completely matters. And how often do we take care of ourselves? the full human being and it's it's all the way to back to the nutrition you know my mom would just forget to eat now I don't forget to eat that's not a problem for me but my mom wouldn't eat all day and then at like five o'clock at night she's like oh I haven't ate all day silly me and then she'd eat like a cheeseburger a big thing of fries a big thing of peanut M&M's oh god that's me so good right now right (laughs) now we're all hungry she wouldn't eat all day and then just do this overboard thing very little sleep very little taking time to work Mm -hmm. out my mom was genetically very skinny she didn't have to work out yet there is a stress. Like, I'm a marathon runner. People are like, ah, running. Ah, I don't like running. I don't like running either. However, running has become a form of therapy for me because it allows me just to clear my brain, allows my brain to work through some things because I'm over there extending my body and the other things can't do anything else except work through the issues that are going through my head. You know, it's so funny that, that you guys say that because one on Saturday – this last Saturday, it was such a beautiful day, and, and we had such a horrible winter. And mm-hmm. and I'm no, nobody that listens to this podcast. This winter broke me. Oh, it was awful. I, know it was. I didn't. It was so bad. I didn't do anything this winter for myself at all, mm-hmm. other than like basically my version of quote unquote self care was like laying treating in bed. yourself. Yeah, Treat yourself. like <laughs> that was not self care. Like I became I became very stagnant, and, right. and that 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 happens to me in the winter. I mean, I right. struggle a little bit with that. So. Um, finally this Saturday, I like had this, it's like the nice weather finally like caught up to me Mm -hmm. and I had this burst of energy in the morning. I was like, I am going to go on a walk and I needed to really bad. Mm -hmm. Now I live in a little subdivision that's slightly, uh, detached So I live in Spring Hill, but my subdivision is not like in Spring Hill, like in the town center area. It's a little bit detached, requires some walking, no sidewalks anywhere for Mm -hmm. me to, for me to get to, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get there. So I walk all the way to town, like a 35 minute walk, nothing crazy. But then I walk around town for like an hour because it felt so good. It was so beautiful. I kept on running into people Mm -hmm. and the sun was shining and I'm drinking my coffee because I stopped at the local coffee shop and like people saw me walking and they texted me and like there's all of a sudden I, I felt re- like not only did I feel good physically but I realized like this is a this is part of my community like right. I need to be doing this kind of stuff and it makes me feel good right and for me that's probably something that would be a version of self-care is is really getting out and and experiencing my community and taking care of my body and all of that sorry I went on a rant I think but. you hit something on the head there with the community aspect we are missing that as a society Mm -hmm. completely. Uh We have no sense of community. And, you know, even going back to your keynote, I think that's such a huge aspect of it too. And I think it's a lot of reason why a lot 
people have symptoms of depression mm-hmm. um, because we're lacking that kind of small town community support, yeah. even in the neighborhoods. I can't tell you how many of my friends buy houses and they're like, I've never talked to my neighbor. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm just like, this is how you build a community. You get to know people, people that can help you out when you really need it. Mm-hmm. And you have that support and sense of purpose. And, and I think there's a lot of it stems from um, Facebook syndrome. Where yes. all of our totally. lives are freaking perfect, and that's all we show anybody. And it takes away that um, the part of vulnerability or being transparent. Because we are all struggling with something at some level, yet when we all strive to just be f- perfect on Facebook and have all of our Pinterest f- mm-hmm. not fails, you know, all everything to go perfect. <laughs> and But it's not reality. And so then whenever something doesn't go right, it turns into a big, huge thing because, well, Rebecca and Alex are perfect in everything they do. I never see anything wrong with them. And I think it spirals us. It's one of the first things I have my clients do is try to detox away from social media. Uh-huh. I mean, we've just been told over and over again how we're not good enough on yeah. it. And I was off it for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started my private practice, so I've been told had I to, had yeah. to be right. back on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, man, those were the best three years when I was just away from it all. Well, and as yeah. marketing professionals, I mean, with, with real estate, if you're not on social media, you know, you're, you're kind of missing the boat yeah. anymore. Anyway, for that's right. not true for everybody, but for for, for younger agents in, in the marketplace, that's the case. I always tell my the, the, the older uh, people in my office, like, don't freak out about your Instagram story because you don't really need it. And like, right. just do what you do because you sell like 28 million in a year and Instagram isn't going to help you. Yes. <laughs> but social media is another great place to practice some self-care and right. lower that stress. You know, set some boundaries around mm-hmm. it. Sure. I do not get on social media on the weekends at all. Really? Yes. I have a very firm rule about that. Um, I'm only on it really for business purposes and Game of Thrones because it's on right now. But <laughs> other than that, I'm still trying to get over last night. I know. But... It's like, how good was last night? Mm-hmm. It's you... too dark. Okay. Thank God you watched it. Like, it was it was great. But like the, the lighting, they right. could have spent some, I mean, I'm sure they spent plenty of money on lighting, but it did like didn't, all... that, I'm sure they did, but uh, it didn't work very well. Right. It's too dark. Like, no. come on. Just it's dark. It... I get it. It's night. But then you got a blizzard. Mm-hmm. Like how many different All elements? the main so, battles happened at just... night though, other than it was like one battle that happened during the day everything in that show has happened at night it's though ridiculous that's how it is i want to see stuff when no, i'm watching television I, I think you make a perfect point though with setting boundaries and you can set boundaries um i was one of those people that used to be completely stressed out because i had every single possible notification was coming to my phone for everything and then back in 2011 uh, my husband and i we took a two-week vacation to cabo which was absolutely amazing and i want to go back there um but during that time i could only check my phone at dinner time there was wi-fi and i could check and see Um, if I'd received any emails or what was going on. And I realized I loved not feeling completely tethered to my phone or to um, notifications all the time. And every since that time, I have the only notifications that come through to my phone is text and phone calls. And now news shows up because I do like to know what's going on. Sometimes I probably should turn off the news. Um, And my phone is always on silent. I don't ever have sound on my phone. And just that, the reduction in stress that I had just from that simple thing of turning off notifications that I will open the emails when I choose to mm. open the emails. I will choose to get on social media when I choose to get onto social media made such a huge difference in my life. And that I left text because if someone really needs to get me, they can. Right. But I think with all the device, you know, we're all wearing, in 2011, we weren't wearing Apple Watches and Fitbits and all the things that notify us every five seconds of everything going on. Turn some of it off. You get to control what's most important to you. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and I really noticed it when we had an old family friend over and somebody called her and she just let the phone ring. Uh-huh. And she was just like, I can answer it later. It's yeah. okay. I'm talking to you. And I'm like, what? No, you need to answer it right now because our automatic response is to handle it right now. Right. And we have to really learn there are some things that we can wait. This is most of our jobs here are not life mm-hmm. or death situations. You know, I'm, I know I'm not a surgeon. Right. So, you know, I it can wait. The world will not end if I can't answer a client's email right away. Yeah, it will be OK. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten that email at 1130 at night. Sometimes it's with a resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's, you, you know, something something along those lines. And I make the mistake of reading it and then I can't sleep for hours. Right. And, 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 you know, and that, that yeah. sleep for me is just, is well, huge. And, and I mean, it's huge for everybody I, I know, but like, If oof. there's two things you want to do right now about stress is making sure you get your solid sleep. And I'm talking about that deep REM sleep, mm-hmm. not waking up, tossing and turning every once in a while. And we all have different numbers of sleep. You know, I know I, seven hours, I'm good to go. Other people need eight. I had a client who swears he only needed five. But really making sure you have that routine before bed, routine when you get up, going to bed at the same time, making sure that sleep is sacred. The other thing, exercise. Exercise is the number one thing. Because going back to the science a little bit, when that adrenaline and cortisol is in our body because we've had an unsafe, stressful Mm -hmm. event happen, it's still kind of going around in our body. And we need to release it somehow. Exercise, sweat it out. That's how you get rid of those hormones in your body. Other times, they sink into your organs, right? And that's not really a good thing Mm. and can lead to, like, chronic stress, right? And chronic stress can lead to things like, what, heart disease, diabetes, things of that nature. Wow. Mm -hmm. Again, this is simple science. Sure. I'm not a scientist, everyone. Right. Wow. (laughs) This is. I I feel like I've just pulled, like, a lot out of this podcast right now. I feel really good. (laughs) This is, this exercise is, everyone <laughs> yes is there anything exercise else and sleep exercise is sleep that's right well and i'm totally i'm gonna i'm gonna turn some of my notifications off i, yeah. I love the idea of like facebook for me is the worst yeah. when i see the little red dot with the number on yeah. facebook i click on it immediately yeah. but do like, you need to i don't no. and sometimes i click on like sometimes i open my phone to like do something that i actually need to do and it's i'll distracted. see the little facebook thing and i'll be like mm. Got to yep. click on that right now for some reason. And then do you forget the thing you were supposed to do? Totally. Always. I'm always. I really do. It's just and a squirrel. It's, it's, there's it's like, so why did I go to this room? Why, like, right. why did I walk in here again? And then <laughs> like, 10 minutes later, oh, yeah, that's why I did. But uh, I believe we have so much noise in our world that we've just given ourselves even more barriers of what to filter through that we should be devoting our attention to and what we should not be devoting our attention to. You know, yeah. for me, I have a very good bedtime routine that I don't check emails after a certain time. It's just done because I've learned that I teach others how to treat me. And if I read that email, but I don't respond to it like you all night long. But I also have another routine in that in the mornings, I don't check my email until the most important thing for me to get done that day is done Hmm. because otherwise it's in the back of my head. And so while I'm trying to engage in a conversation with Rebecca, um, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, thinking I'm going to have to deal with that. I'm going to have to deal with that. And I'm not truly giving Rebecca my attention. And it's just something that uh, I feels like goes on and on and on what was it like mindfulness yes eat the frog or eat the frog yeah you gotta eat the frog first thing and then now i can go back and check everything else mindfulness is so huge it's just the practice of being in the here and now Mm -hmm. and it's a practice it's not something that comes naturally to us i think most of us especially in your industry as well we're planners right right we're trying to put out the fire or make sure any kind of catastrophe is going to be we're prepared for it right Right. so we got to practice being in the here and now and there's so many ways to do it meditation yoga 
I do something called a mindfulness walk, which I just take one sense, either seeing or hearing, sometimes smelling, and I go on a 10 to 15 minute walk and try to identify everything I'm hearing. It just gives you a break out of your head. That's what you want. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have to ask, what is an ideal bedtime routine? What, what's an example? Like there's not, more to that question, a, and then you just yeah. No, because no, <laughs> okay. I don't have one. I don't oh, have one. I'm okay. just like, okay, it's eleven o'clock. You don't need the blue light. I'm just well, and I turn on the night shift thing. Ooh, white light is so bad. There's so much research coming out for your skin, for your brain, for yeah. your eyes. It's so bad for you guys. Yeah, so beware of that. As I lay in bed with it, like just glaring over we my face. We all do. We all do. Don't <laughs> and just to normalize it. No, I'll give you my bedroom routine. Okay. By means is it's not perfect. Um, I'm a morning person, so I'm up really early anyway. So I usually close down my house, you know, make sure the pets are all okay. Um, and then I go to my bedroom and, I, well, I, of course, I brush my teeth and do all that routine. And then I go to my bedroom and get in bed and I read for a half hour or an hour. I maybe check my alarm on my phone's good, mm-hmm. but I put that under my pillow so it's just away from me. And then I, my lights are always out. Always, no matter what. I don't care if there's a concert that night or what, at around 10.30 or 11. And that's it. And so I wake up the same way, too. I wake up nearly every time, or at the same time every morning as well, which is usually 5, 5.30. Wow. And like you, reading before bedtime is like, that has become like my thing to turn my brain off. I The nights where I'm just like, Me oh, too. I'm so tired, yeah. I'm not going to read tonight. I have struggle so hard to go to sleep. And sometimes I will get back up and pull out the book and turn on a light and just go ahead and read then just as it, that's what signaled to my brain is it's time to go to sleep. It's time to shut everything off. You see, I'm reading on my phone most of the time or on my tablet, yeah, really, which is probably why did not do that. Yeah. Does the night shift thing work? Um, I don't quite know about that. Okay. I tend to not believe not it believe works it. Yeah, too well. Yeah, totally. I, I, get, I get that. I have a Kindle, and I have, like, the old, like, paper white We're, Kindle. Sure, because yeah. Because I don't want, like, the screen. Of, right. I don't want the light at all. I totally all. get that. And, again, if you're looking at it, if you're reading on your phone, you're going to get distracted by some notification There's at some point. There's going to be so oh, many, yeah. of course. All of the Well, Rebecca, this has been really, really great. So um, we, we appreciate it. Is there anything else that you want to say about I do want to say something um, real quick more about stress and kind of setting boundaries it's hard to set boundaries when you don't know what you're protecting so you really have to figure out your values and your priorities you know we have a goal something like you know I want to lose weight Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful goal, right? But we call that a noun verb goal. I want to change it to something that's more of an adjective goal. So when you think of your dream situation of you lost weight, you're probably feeling something like, I like feeling strong. I like feeling confident. I like feeling healthy. Focus on those adjectives of the goal instead of the actual goal. Do things that are making you feel healthy. Okay. Do things that are making you feel strong instead of just losing weight because you're already doing those things give yourself a pat on the back for those but work towards those things that make you happy because when you're thinking about your priorities and you're like oh I lost the weight but I'm still not happy that's because you weren't thinking about those adjectives you weren't thinking about the things that actually make you happy I was thinking about a material piece of it yeah Yeah, the noun verb goal interesting okay you know, whenever I help, I try to help agents discover what their why is. What's that purpose? What's that driving point? And whenever they say whatever it is at the surface level, 
Why is that important to you? And you keep drilling down that why, 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 until they get to the point of tears almost. You know, When you've connected with that emotional thing, it's really hard to walk away from why that's so important to you and that, to let that motivate you. Because when you're not doing the activities you need to do to accomplish something that you've said is so important to you, has that changed or what's going on there? And we can dig deeper into that. Exactly. So I, I, love, I love what you said there. I mean, have you ever really sat down and thought about what your values are? I mean, oh, you have. Congratulations. <laughs> most, most have it. Most you have know, it. And most have Good it and, and really defined it either. So, um, you know, making sure that you know what your values are. And they're allowed to change. Life happens. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. Other things become important. But I think we all have a, a core set of values within us that haven't really changed. And making sure that you define them. They're not, you know, your mother's definition of a value of being a good family member. Or right. it's not cultural, too. We, you know, we're, we live in such a systemic society that, you know, we're, we're told all of these things what our values are make sure you figure out what they really are for you mm-hmm. and live your life that way see i nodded my head enthusiastically there but the truth is that i've thought about that in relationship to my business i don't know that i really thought about it so much in relationship to my personal life and it's something that i probably mm-hmm. r- really need to really need to do somebody asked me the other day and i didn't have an answer for it and, and it's one of those things where you hear people ask this question all the time but like and i thought oh gosh i could answer that really easily i never really thought about it but when somebody asked me like last week if you died today, what would you want your tombstone to say? Mm. And I'm like, I ask a similar question. No, like, what would I want that to say? Yeah, I ask a similar question. I ask, you know, you fa- passed away. You know, you had a great life. Mm-hmm. What are people saying about you at your memorial service? What's your legacy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's always, it's always, I've helped. I've Mm -hmm, had a positive mm -hmm. impact. I was connected with people and had good quality relationships. That's what I landed on, but but breaking that down and even further, I need to work on that. You do. We get stuck in the day-to-day. So take a second, look at the big picture. We got one life. It doesn't matter what you believe. What we know is that we got one life right now. Mm -hmm. What do you want from it? And go after it. That's awesome, Rebecca. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you coming in here today. This is such an important conversation for us to have, and it's one we, quite frankly, don't have enough of. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. (laughs) 